Are you passionate about making a difference through design? Join us at the Human Centered Design Network's Circle, a new private community for change makers just like you. Connect with like minded professionals, gain exclusive rights to monthly learning opportunities, and lead the change in human centered design. For more information, see thisishcd.com. Now, let's get back into that episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Doing Design Podcast on This Is HCD, hosted by all the world's best live design and innovation trainers from thisisdoing.com. In this podcast, we'll speak about all the behind-the-scenes things related to actually doing innovation and design within organizations. So we'll cover topics that include design research, service design, user experience design, content design, product management, and much, much more. In this episode, you'll hear from myself and Renatus Hugenrad, a trainer at This Is Doing and one of the finest facilitators and practitioners in the business. Renatus is an executive coach with a background in theatre and dance and is also a leader within the world of applied improvisation. In this episode, we speak about how facilitation is evolving due to the pandemic and how our home offices are becoming less about workspaces and moving closer towards what a stage would be. Look, it's a good one. and Let's get straight into the episode. Renatus Hukenrad, a very warm welcome to the Doing Design podcast. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's, it's Monday morning, so it's, everything is always a little bit rusty after a good weekend. Renatus, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about where you are right at this moment. G- give us a, an overview and where you're currently located. What does it look like there? Yeah, I'm speaking from Europe. I'm now actually in, uh, actually in France, in my home office, about 10 kilometers away from Geneva, where my company is based. You're in that beautiful space in the world next to the Alps. Exactly. The lake and the Alps, everything. You've got everything. Everything a Dutch guy needs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're just speaking about how, like, you know, you're surrounded by mountains and you're originally Dutch, so you're from the flat lowlands. So how did you get to be in near Geneva? Like, what took you there? Well, basically, it's the ring on my finger. Uh, it's love. It's love, Jerry. It's love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there are lots of stories, I'm sure, on that alone, like yeah. how, how you came to be close to Switzerland. But, um, Renatus, how do you describe what you do? Because you have a really, really interesting background. How do you describe what you do? Yeah, so I work with people, teams, organizations to help them work better together, collaborate, co-create in a way that it's for the human inside organizations a good place mm-hmm. to be, where they can grow and where they can learn and where they can, yeah, add to that purpose, I would say. Hmm. The important part is to do, do things together. And how does that work? How can we facilitate that? 
Yeah. So typically, what what kind of problems would you see clients coming to you with and saying, "Listen, look, this is it. This is a, a typical problem." What do they look like? What sort of problems do you help them solve? It's well, of course, we live in turbulent times now, where with mm. the problems that come now is is a bit different. But in general, it is around. There's probably two layers. There is getting people to align and to making sure that they can communicate together in a way that is purposeful, I would say, and, and adds value to the conversation. So this is this is one element of it. And the other element is really around, we have this project, we have this promise, I would say, either to clients or internal, external, that we need to make happen. And we don't know how to do this. So help us organize ourselves and become often more daring, actually, in our propositions internally and in the way we communicate together. A lot of that's a very human human traits, like problems working with other people and the political dynamics of, of power and stuff within organizations. This is going to be much, much harder to do, presumably through the medium of online. How are you, how are you finding these kind of workarounds at the moment? It's super interesting. It has, of course, there again, two sides. It's the learning curve from, from my side, people in my role, I think, have been, has been very, very steep. And it's, we're now getting out of like the firefighting, let's say, area now for now around this. It's been interesting because you can do a lot online, actually. And mm-hmm. I'm a physical guy. I'm, my background is in theaters and dance, is in, is in performing, getting, getting an audience to respond. And online, it's, that's totally different. However, it's you get used to it, and it's a way of communicating which is different. It's not the only one. And this is, I think, which is an important thing to underline, is that often organizations and teams now think everything needs to be online as of now. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, things are evolving. This is also a very human thing, Gary. You know this. I mean, yeah. the COVID is still there right now. Yeah, it's not going away. It's not going away. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. And we have to live our lives. Yeah. So we have to deal with this. And this is dealing with uncertainty. And this is something that is really core to my work as well, is helping people to, to make decisions and collaborate without having the full picture in mind. Yeah. This, this is a great example, is that we don't know how it's going to work. We still need to make sure that as organizations and as, and as teams, we innovate and we keep on moving forward. If we don't, competition will do. So, so there is this urge to get things done. And at some point, we need to make a decision on what can be done online, what is a yeah. good thing to do online, and what can be done maybe offline in real world in different settings. Um, so the, the, let's say the, the happy mix between yeah. the worlds is, I think, the future of yeah. Are, are you seeing like the, the additional fear as a component being added to the conversation? Do you think yeah. that's increasing the acceleration to the need for working quicker and getting stuff out to match that kind of demand? Yeah, there's there's a bit of that. I'm, I see with, with some of my clients that they they make radical decisions. Like we will not have any, let's say, in-room group gatherings until mm-hmm. June 2021, boom, that's it. Yeah. There is, I think, from my side, a lot of fear behind that. Hmm. Basically, we don't know. Yeah. 
so yeah, so there is, I think fear is a, is a big player here. And I don't think it's a very wise thing to listen to in this case. There's, yeah. I, there's more angles to this. A conversation that I'm, I'm hearing myself, like, you know, mm. I'm, I'm getting a couple of requests to do in-person stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, my natural reaction is like, whoa, oh, you know, meeting people. Yeah. So there's this huge response to um, everything that's going on and kind of like, how am I going to respond to these things? Because eventually I'm going to have to, you know, meet people and speak to people and, you know, interact because the world is going to have to come to that point where we're, where we feel like we just have to do it. Like we're just going to have to jump in and, and do these things. Yeah. But I think that's, that, that's a conversation to have really, because again, online is a great medium and this is doing, I mean, what we have out there is is enormous and mm. you can do so much online and yeah. some elements are interesting or more appropriate to do in person and this is also very this is the human brain i mean yeah you may have read some articles around this is that the online stuff is tough for us because especially visually we have everything is in 2d yeah and our brain needs to make up the the full image of how people are communicating. And a lot of this is, is nonverbal. And we only see, if lucky, we have a camera on and we see each other's faces. If not, there's it's just a black screen. Yeah. So we have to make interpretations of that. So in some situations, especially when there is uncertainty or decision-making involved that, that requires people to, to deal with parts of the puzzle only, maybe in a room, maybe at distance, and this is where we have to be creative, I guess, Yeah, it's useful. You mentioned there at the start, your background is in dance and theater mm, and getting yeah. people to, to respond to things. And yeah. I, I know I've played music as well and in yeah. bands and stuff. And it's very much throwing something in to get people involved and yeah. being able to get the read of the room and yeah. the smell and mm. the energy. It's a very physical thing um, working with people. Yes. And, we, and especially with applied improvisation as well, mm. your, your background in that. Yes. How, how are you finding translating that to get some of that energy across? Like, well, what are the things that you're doing to really try and um, make that happen? That's super interesting indeed. And we've been researching this with, with my friends of the Applied Improvisation Network, by the way. Mm. It's a great group of people. And yeah, we, we try things out. And so we do a lot because you're talking about the senses, basically, about touching, mm. about, about hearing, about, about this, even the smell of stuff. Yeah. So we... We use a lot of music. Yeah. We have playlists. We, we really play with that. Yeah. We do activities where people get physical yeah. when, when appropriate in the process of, the, of a project. And we even have things like touching, for instance, when we ask people to grab a, an object uh, on their desk somewhere mm. and describe it for us. So they have to touch it and they have to describe what it is or even the smell of it. So we try to make sure that people are on board fully. And also through the senses, we get more engagement. Hmm. Well, do you have any sort of understanding of the rationale of the benefits of what you're talking about? You know, so there's, there's some cynical people out there. I say cynical oh, yeah. people but like that are saying, well, you can just do all this online. Like, Why should businesses care about bringing sensuality and that type of level of experience to, to their collaboration efforts? I think it's a great question, Jerry. And it, I, for me, what I read about this and what I talk mm. to my colleagues around this, it's because we are we are human beings. We are animals. <laughs> we we are, we are social monkeys. I mean, yeah. And 
okay, we don't flee, especially in my case because I'm bald, it doesn't really work. But <laughs> we're but, aerodynamic. We're uh, exactly. Yeah. Swim really fast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing is that we that the interaction goes through so many channels that we are partly actually unaware of. And in organizations, this is part of of, of working together and yeah. taking it out. And there's a reason to do this, and we can do a lot, true. But people deprive. I have a lot of my environment, my clients tell that they are there's frustration yeah. around this. And maybe also maybe it's an interesting thing to see happening with the with workspaces, just like an office or something. And what I what I see happening now in research is that people go back to the office, if they're allowed to, by the way, to actually socialize. So they go to the office to relax and to have a good time. Where which is basically the opposite of what happened before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I know the research was there. I think it was something like seventy-five percent or eighty percent of people in the UK wanted to go back to normal. I'm doing air quotes yeah. here for normal. Yeah. And they'd be happy to do one day a week in the office yeah. just to get that face-to-face interaction. Yeah. yeah. But is that face-to-face interaction centered around work or is it centered around for the need for interaction and stimulation of the senses to feel connected again? Again, it's a great question, Jerry. And I yeah. think this is this is what organizations need to think about now today. Yeah. Is that to make to make those choices around this, what are we here to do? You need to value that the human aspect of this and the interaction aspect that needs to happen. And yeah. that's not the only thing that needs to happen because you can use time in the office really, really valuably mm. in working together around doing something, getting things done. Yeah. But isn't it like a bit like pressure in a in a canister of people really need to socialize and interact that steam needs to be let out and there's a need there that in order for other things to really evolve and naturally progress so if if organizations are keep pushing people down this kind of conveyor belt of speed and efficiency then they're missing this whole opportunity that will eventually result result in churn and employees leaving and stuff Absolutely. Again, this is really true because other organizations, there's there's some organizations out there who actually do their maths and they think about this and they have collaborative approaches to ask yeah. people, well, how should we do this? Because there is, of course, there is no, no answer. And by the way, within organizations, different functions have different yeah. needs. So go creatively designing, really designing the future of collaborating collaboration, I think, is key now because if you don't do it there's going to be a brain drain people who find opportunities somewhere else where they have thought about this and they have a clear vision around this and practice they might just go somewhere else so you mentioned co-creation there and a lot of the books that have been written with co-creation in mind are are all centered around face-to-face interaction and whenever i've used co-creation like one of the examples I give is where I read the room and I realize something's not working and something's not landing and not being able to have that read in the room is something that us practitioners, designers, facilitators, innovators, whatever you want to call us, it's very difficult to get that stuff. So how do you see the future of co-creation evolving as a result of the pandemic and being kind of restricted through the channel of, of digital? Yeah, I think this is fine-tuning of Mm. the means and technology we have. For instance, we are now planning to do an in-room session in a few months, actually in a month time, 
where we will be working in the room online. So in distance. So meaning that how can you how can you make hybrid solutions around this mm. where you don't have to be sitting together or holding each other's hands or something or, or doing the <laughs> or doing yeah. It's not about that. It really is about how can we design this because collaboration needs to happen and the tools we have, we, we talk about online whiteboards, all the, the polling system, they're really important for, for decision-making and co-creation. Mm. So you can, can have a mix. So I think experimenting with this is going to be at least what's happening, going to happen for us now. Yeah. So what are the things that you're kind of seeing in terms of trying to understand what works and what doesn't work? So how do you determine that? That's the bit that I'm interested in. Because as I, as I design workshops for clients, mm. all that this is doing stuff, yeah. how do we know what is working and what's not working? This is around direct feedback loops. Mm. Well, of course, it's the, it's the journey you design for this because mm. the, you, you can have several moments within the design, the journey design, where you can actually make sure that you get information back from around this. You have questionnaires, all those things, of course. But mm. especially when you talk about read the room or when you're in a session, is make space to have people actually express themselves in a more open way. The danger, of course, is because let's say we only have 90 minutes together to do yeah. whatever we need to do, and we cement it with stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have all those boards ready, we have the presentations ready, we have people that do stuff. They're engaged, of course. They're motivated. They're engaged. They're doing, but they're doing it because most of most of the people they are really they wanted things to happen. So, however, if that's going on, especially when you have breakout rooms, for instance, if if they work in subgroups, mm. you don't sense that. So, building in some moments where you where people can express themselves, things are quite simple actually. It's just like put in some ref, reflection time, three minutes yeah. reflection time. You put in some music, some very background, very silent music. And you have them reflect and then say, how's it going? And yeah. then people will respond. That's definitely something that I've probably failed at, if I'm mm. being brutally honest, like in terms of, you know, when you've got a 90 minute session and your client is paying, yeah. and there's a case yes. of like, I need to dance and I need to dance pretty quickly. And it's a case of just like performing to get what you need to get done yeah. at a certain speed yeah. and not giving that time to for people to catch a breath. Of course, we're all guilty in this, especially in yeah. this in this environment now. Is that because because time? I mean, it's. I think even the perception of time is different now. When you're in a room mm. with 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 a group of people for half a day or a day, Flying. things happen. Okay, you take a yeah. break here and there, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so, the yawn. Yeah, I used to be always like, oh, the post lunch yawn. I'm like, I'm seeing them. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's look. Do you do you want to break now? Do you want to break early? Yeah. And do 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 a three or four yes. minute walk around the block and come back. Okay, right. Let's just do that. Can't do that online. Like it's it's very difficult. Well, and that and that's the thing is that can we can we not? Maybe it's we see happening is that sessions longer than three hours. That's basically impossible. Yeah. But even within those three hours. You can actually have people. Okay, we go outside. I mean, you can you can actually ask people to go outside and do stuff, or or at least, yeah. of course, you never know what's going to happen because you're not there in their in, in yeah. their apartment. Luckily, by the way, that would be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but the fear is they mightn't come back. This is the, this is one of my fears. Like they can go, let's go for three minute break, and then they come back twenty minutes yeah. later because it's you're you're in their home, and it's, yes. it's a case of like just someone could come to the door and yeah. like DHL. They always seem to arrive whenever I click start. Yeah. It's very difficult to manage that. Well, that's the thing is that we need to, and this is about building trust and building a space where people can 
I said B is a big word B, but this mm. where they can be who they are, and meaning that we have to trust them to do the right thing. And if that means that they have to go catch the the, the HL, well, that's probably the right thing. Yeah. So having those conversations at the start of a session like that is really important. Take 10 minutes to to discuss this. Just guys, okay, what do you want? What do you expect from this session? And how can we make sure that everybody is is on board? And they will tell mm. you. And yeah. something we've learned, I think, from this huge shift we had in the last few months yeah. is that we can trust people. <laughs> yeah. A lot of organizations tell me, especially HR departments tell me, wow, we thought we had to, our leaders were really, really anxious that they would, they would lose people. They would just not work anymore. But actually, no, they, people yeah. actually, the production level has gone up. Yeah. Well, it's because people are working much longer hours. Exactly. No commute. It, it is. Oh man. But it's also like this, this can't be healthy in the long term in no. terms of like, no, 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 no. I know, you know, people are sitting down at eight o'clock in the morning and they're still working at 10 o'clock at night. And that's the downside of this is that yes, mm. on, it's it's possible. Co-creation is possible online. You can do things together. You can align meetings for eight to ten hours a day. That's it's possible, and people will do it because again, they've shown that the figures show that people they produce. They're there. They're serious about it, and they and it works. Productivity yeah. is there. The problem is now is the opposite side is that it's going to burn people out. Yeah, and hence. The question we had about the office: People need to go somewhere else to decompress and see some, see their mates and, and colleagues to make sense out of all that. I would yeah. Say. How, how do you see the whole kind of co-creation process develop? Because the reality is, I'm hearing people say, "When this is all over," and you know, I'm of the, the mindset that this is not going to be all over. It's just going to be fractions of what we would determine as normal. So what's it going to mean for collaboration for businesses online? It means that you have to take this seriously. I think, from again, it's not about waiting to see what's happening or what's going to happen because you don't know. It's we yeah. have no clue. And even if there is, if if there is a, a medicine or there is a, a vaccine for this, hey, it's not over yet. It yeah. has a huge impact on business travel. We have already seen this. So you need to be creative from the start. So I would, what I would say is that each organization needs to actually have a, a design moment around this. Is we need to look at our reality, maybe do some do some proper research. How are people organizing themselves now? What is working? What's not working? And then design the best way of collaborating in the future that fits us. That at least mm. that's there for a moment. And start testing now. Yeah. Don't wait because. It's not. You're right. It's not going to change. It's not going to disappear. You need to get on top of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think also, if you leadership actually takes it on and is open about it and actually says, we don't know what's going to happen. However, we want to make sure that we are catering towards our own needs as an organization and as individuals in the organization, people will follow. People understand that. Yeah. I think it's being... Well, what I'm hearing here is for organizations to become more human and to have those conversations and show humility and show vulnerability at its core of saying, well, you know what, we, we actually don't know and we are a little bit nervous ourselves, but we want to be able to tackle these things with you. Co using co-creation actually to help shape the future for themselves. But that's it. This is it. I mean, a lot of organizations are not equipped with the tools, design, think, or whatever. Yeah, they're not. 
get onto it. I mean, this is this is the moment. It, yeah. uh, frankly, if you don't, and we've seen in the past, I mean, there's tons of research around this that claims that in the last, in the previous crisis, organizations who didn't innovate, they suffered big time. Yeah. Uh, this is not different. Yeah. So one of the things that whenever I've, I've you know attended any of the stuff that you've, you've done, especially the stuff with Adam uh, and this is doing, the three-part course of the facilitation fundamentals piece, yes. where did that come from? Why, why three? And uh, why, why three? Good point. Well, three is a great number, first of all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, it's it really Sesame is. Street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cookie Monster. The fundamentals of facilitation, and it's a it's a very big topic. It's facilitation. I live in France. Uh, fa- uh, facilité. It really means make things easier. How can you make things easier? In this case, co-creation, collaboration, innovation. It's a very big topic because you have so many layers in this that we wanted to break down the essence of this, the core yeah. of this into three sections that were sections that are actually doable online because this is the medium we have now. There's a course that has uh, we've done previously that was actually a three-day course. So we now okay. get this into a three-hour courses yeah. where we touch upon the fundamentals of those, yeah, of what facilitation means in co-creation. Mm. So w- one of the, the, the main pieces that I've kind of, I'm always learning and I haven't stopped is structuring sessions and in a room it's, I find it a little bit easier to to say, well, okay, sandwiches and cakes, sandwiches and cakes. I'm going to give them some sugar and I want them to think quicker afterwards. So there's no pasta coming in this room today. No pasta. (laughs) I can control those things and structuring and control are one of the things that I always, I always kind of use as, as tools when yep. I'm designing sessions with, yes. with clients, I'm saying, well, actually, you know what? Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not into giving them this yeah. today. It's, it's almost like being a school teacher. So they're going to get fruit uh-huh. in the morning. Right. And um, there's some fiber in that as well. So they get a slow sugar release. I do think like that whenever I'm, I'm planning my sessions. Yeah. I want to hear about your version of structuring and also how that has evolved to the online medium of, of kind yeah. of designing online sessions. So yeah, one of the fundamentals actually is around, topic is around, this tension between control and freedom okay is how do you want if you want to facilitate a process innovation process or a meeting or whatever that is there needs to be a part that is controlled that is organized it's planned that has a, a structure of course and there's a part that is we talked about it is about giving people the authorization actually to be human and to I don't know to say hey I need I need some I need some sugar or or just or DHL is there? all those things you can't plan for or even super interesting also online is that all of a sudden there is an internet breakdown you know there's a there's a power cut somewhere or somebody doesn't get, get online because of the cat whatever there's so much tech problems as well you just can't yeah. you just don't know so how do you how do you balance that between controlling organizing planning making sure that it has a a fluid flow, I would say. Mm. And at the same time, letting go and giving people the space to bring whatever they need to bring. That's mm. attention. Yeah. But yes, online, so the difference is there. So I didn't really reply to the answer to the question is that the we noticed that online there needs to be way more preparation. Yeah. There's definitely a case for that. Yes. 
oh, yeah. everything. Even the time of the day yes. to to oh, approach yeah. these things is really key. But whenever, like I've seen yourself and Adam, yeah. you know, like Batman and Robin, you're you're a, yeah. a wonderful combination. I don't know who Batman is, by the way, in that relationship. Still, trying uh, to we, we, we're still fighting over it. But <laughs> you both would you would actually make a very good Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. Yes, indeed. But what are the other sessions? I wanted to talk to you more around that. Yes, the pre- the presence, and it, my understanding of presence is probably closer towards uh, performance and front stage, playing guitar, like you know, doing something kind of a little bit flashy, trying to get engagement and make a connection at well, its core. That is actually part of it. Presence is around how do you how do you present something? So it's, it's really about your presence as a, as a person. Mm. And what are some elements in that? An element that we, we pull out of here is, for instance, charisma. Is what, is what is charisma? And how could you deconstruct this so you understand it and then build your own version of mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Um, so, so it really is, is what position do I have or do I take towards my audience? And here again, you have possibilities. Often we talk about buttons or sliders, indicators mm-hmm. that you can that you can push or dial really around. Do yeah. I need to have more authority? This means that there is there is a change in your voice. Maybe you have a lower voice. You speak maybe slower and yeah. be more direct around things. Or yeah. is it more around? Hey guys, what do you want to do? Uh, you want to have a break? Uh, what do you think? Hey, um, I could. Yeah. I, I need some sugar, guys. Come on. Yeah, and that's a different way of interacting. Having the possibility to, to go both ways allows yeah. you to engage, motivate, and get people because they only have sound and, if lucky, a visual of you somewhere of the other group of yeah. people. So you need to do that. So can I ask? Like one of the things that I've noticed, I've never given a workshop in person sitting down. Right? I've ah, never, true. I've never done it sitting down at a table yeah. the entire time. And hey, everyone, markers are over there. Post-its yeah. are over there. Yeah. How do you find, like, I, I can stand up and with, with this microphone setup that I have here, but my yes. desk doesn't rise up. When ah. you're giving these workshops, yes. do you tend to do them standing up? I'll tell you a big secret, Jerry, now. I'm actually, yeah. right now, I'm standing up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like you're sitting <laughs> down. <laughs> I'm actually, so so that's the, the thing is there. And this is this is linked, I think, to my background as a, as a dancer, really. This is my education. Yeah. I mean, I, I communicate with my body. And if I'm sitting down, actually, my breath is crushed. My, my lungs are yeah. crushed over my diaphragm. So my voice is changed. And I don't have the reach uh, vocal and, and physical. Yeah that I would have in a sitting down. So yeah, this is totally linked to in-room work as well, but it's similar yeah. in, as online. Yeah. It's look like in, in my space here, I've got a converted attic at home and I'm very lucky and appreciated. Like yeah. my wife does listen to this episode, which she probably will actually, because Great. she loves yourself and Adam. <laughs> Love um, I, I, I'm, and this is my way of telling my wife, I'm, I'm thinking about moving the desk upstairs. Oh yeah. So, so I can actually get more, presentation kind of vibes i can walk yeah. and actually present and yeah stuff like that it's something that i'm looking at at the moment because true it was something in the back of my head i was like actually you know what i'm sitting yeah. down and i'm sure my energy is probably a little bit kind of too quiet <laughs> but this is also it's super interesting because well first of all there is this swedish company that sells furniture that actually have not a too expensive I've seen these <laughs> yellow uh, and blue oh, logo 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah, it. I'm not, yeah. Don't give them the don't give them the credit. Don't give them credit on this podcast. They have got enough money. I know, but I'm, I I don't I don't. There's no. But the, yeah. the thing is, they, they so you have ways of actually wait. But oh, also boxes on your desk. There are ways yeah. to, but it, it it's an effort. When we ask, when we facilitate sessions, and we ask people just please stand up and shake yeah. your limbs. They go, they go, yeah, they're not, but once they do it, it actually changes the entire atmosphere of a session. Yeah. So, and it's similar for us. This is maybe something that we need to think about is how can we be more real? I think to ourselves. Active, exactly. If we are yeah. not active, if we're sitting down and we have a tone like this all the time, now please take our post-it and look out of this board. And <gasps> I know. It's funny, last year, whenever originally myself and Mark, mm. we were chatting about this for a while, the whole this is doing thing. Every time he'd call me up and he'd be like, what did you, what's going on upstairs? Like, And I'm like, I'm after buying an LED banana and it's sitting in the back of the wall. And he's like, why? I go, because I, I see this place as being a studio. I see yeah. it like, I don't see it like an office. I see it sure. like a studio. Absolutely. If we're going to do this, it's going to be, it has to be interesting to look at and Absolutely. I'll change things around. Blah, blah. And now, it, like, you know, this is why my wife was like, can you believe that he was working on a live classroom business mm. before the pandemic? <laughs> I was like, yeah. but. We've, we've learned so much, Terry. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> but it is, it's rethinking the home office because if we're to do this and to do it well it effectively means our office becomes our stage yes indeed and this is yeah and it's it's interesting because it's about it's about lighting it's about sound it's about yeah. it's about scenery it's about props all those things are real and yeah. they're, they're real organizations. I mean, it's costumes. I mean, how do you, how do people dress in there? It, all those things are transferable, but especially mm. for us in this case, it's going to stay here. So you better you better gear up. <laughs> yeah. <it> that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're in this industry and you're doing workshops, yeah. unfortunately, there is, there is a need there now for us to, to evolve and improve what we have available to us, like sound, visual, Absolutely. lights, and we have to be engaging. Like it, it, it is a challenge, but it's something that I've become more aware of. I think, I think you, can, you can agree with me is that part of our job is giving the people we work with an excellent experience. And having proper microphones and a camera and all that stuff and lightings will actually, it's more professional and people have a better experience around this. Yeah. I know Marcus Edgar Hormes. Yeah. He's my, he's my go-to person. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out with you. I've moved beyond Google and I've, it's like my upgraded Google is Marcus yeah, True for any, any of this stuff. He's like, no, you need yeah. to get a new lead and you need to do this. And yeah. just, you know, you need people around you who are, who are kind of pushing the boundaries to absolutely to stay ahead of the curve. Hey, just saying is that this is why this is doing the, the crew we have now is just great because we can, there's so much information and knowledge and sharing happening. This is wonderful. Yeah. As, as a group, it is. Exactly. Renatus, yeah. we're coming towards the end of this episode. It's it, I've enjoyed the conversation. I, I want to say I I love speaking with you. Okay, like I really do. You know, there's there's a really good connection whenever I, I learn from you, and I learn from everyone else. That's 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 the great thing about working with this is doing. But if people want to reach out to you, yeah, how might they do that? How might they do that? So there is well, there is a let's say a hub we call it, the uh, co-creation school. Mm -hmm. Co-creationschool.com 
where they can they can find me. Otherwise, there is I, I could I've got a Twitter handle which I not use a lot. Basically, it's my, it's my full name, Renatus Hugenrat, without the yep. two lost letters. Really easy. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll throw a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. uh, LinkedIn, of course. Um, active okay. LinkedIn, I'll, I'll pop that into LinkedIn as well. But I'm sure you, yourself and the rest of them are, are working on some some great courses at the moment. So yeah. if you want to stay up to, up to date on any of the courses that Renatus is running at the moment, just follow This Is Doing on Twitter. And we're also on LinkedIn at This Is Doing as well. Or join the newsletter and you'll hear about them first and foremost through that. Thanks for your time today, Renatus. Thank you. It was a wonderful conversation. Looking forward to the next one. So there you have it. If you like this episode, feel free to visit thisishcd.com where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes with episodes related to service design, product management, design research, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com, where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is HCD newsletter where you'll receive updates from the network. And also, if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community on thisishcd.com. Stay safe and until next time, take care.